Hello and welcome to another edition of Beneath the Frozen Sea. This one's a bit of a shorter one. This is Sky from Davy Jones Locker Room and Beneath the Frozen Sea podcast. I hope everyone's having a wonderful weekend. Hope you're all taking advantage of that beautiful, if uncharacteristic, Pacific Northwest weather. And once you're done enjoying the sun, I hope you get an opportunity to sit back and relax as the Stanley Cup Finals begin tonight. That's right, it's those improbable Florida Panthers versus the Vegas Golden Knights, which makes it just the hardest possible pick for me. On one hand, I'm intimately familiar with Bruce Cassidy's ability to bring a good team all the way to the Stanley Cup Final. I'm just very concerned about whether or not he can actually get them all the way to the promised land. And on the other hand, the Florida Panthers just love, 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 love being the most improbable team in the world. They get all of the best bounces. They've gotten exceptional goaltending from Sergei Bobrovsky, a guy we all assumed was pretty much done. And yeah, they're just unreal. They're such a fun team. Sure, they're opportunistic. That shouldn't stop you them from being fun. So as much as I don't like the Knights, I think this is going to be a really fun matchup. And if you want to enjoy game one, highly recommend it. It's going to be a little bit in the afternoon for us Pacific Northwesterners, but that's okay. Good playoff hockey. The Stanley Cup waits for no one, even if they're on the West Coast. we got a couple of bits of good Seattle hockey news to discuss real quick. It's been nothing but positive news lately, so that's why we're taking a bit more of a breezy tone. We're going to start with the Kraken. The Kraken extended their general manager, Ron Francis, into the 26-27 season. A decision I wholeheartedly support personally, I think everyone at Davy Jones Locker Room is more than okay with what Ron Francis has brought for the Kraken so far through two seasons of play. He's definitely still the kind of dude who is very patient and process-oriented, but for a team that is, you know, still building, that's a good thing. And think of just the insane improvement that they were able to get through one offseason. And we've got a whole new offseason to go through to get even better. Personally, I think the thing that actually sealed it for him was his ability to find money. In a cap league, it's not always about can you sign your guys to great deals? Can you uh, cost control better? It's finding money in guys that have league minimum contracts or finding guys on waivers that need a new chance. And Ron Francis did that absolutely fantastically. He found Eli Tolvanen. He managed to get Daniel Sprong up to a 20-goal scorer. And he didn't really need to pay all that much to get him. That's the kind of value that Ron Francis can bring you. Very excited to see where he goes from here. He's got a big draft ahead of him. And of course, a big free agency period. And both of those things are stacked almost on top of each other. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm glad they have a cooler head at the helm, ready to help the Kraken take the next couple steps for the next three years. Going down to Coachella Valley for the Firebirds series against the Milwaukee Admirals, it's a bit less good news. The series is now tied after the games three and four were dropped. I personally am not terribly worried. They're on a long road trip and the Admirals seem to be really feeding off the crowd at home. Uh, but this is something that was entirely possible for the Admirals to do. As we discussed in the preview, Yaroslav Askarov can be a world beater or the most mortal goaltender to ever live. Really, the thing I want to see them improve on is holding leads. They've had a lot of trouble throughout this series in getting a lead and then losing it and then trying to struggle their way back into the games. And I think that turning games into a struggle 
is what the Admirals are best at, and especially if they've got a guy like Joachim Kemmel, who can just be this absolutely ferocious, dangerous force on their forecheck, just waiting in the wings to cause trouble. So the Firebirds can absolutely clean things up. It's going to be a big Game 5 coming up as I record this on Saturday. This game will drop the puck at 6 PDT. Moving on into the junior level of the game, the Seattle Thunderbirds out there in Kamloops, British Columbia, are going to go try to make history as they take on the Quebec Remparts in the Memorial Cup. For those of you who need a primer, the Memorial Cup is a challenge cup where the winners of the three leagues of Canadian Junior, the WHL, the QMJHL, and the OHL, as well as the host city's team, face off to go win the most prestigious trophy in Canadian Major Junior in a round-robin and then elimination-style tournament. The Seattle Thunderbirds have only been to the Memorial Cup three times in their nearly 50-year history, once as the host city in 1992 and two other times as competitors. And in all three cases, Seattle has failed to bring the trophy home. On the other side is the Quebec Remparts. They're a formidable team, but I think this might just be the year. The Thunderbirds are the masters of the third period. There's just something about them that switches on in the final 20 minutes of every game. They become absolute world beaters, and I'm not sure there is any team in Canadian Junior right now that is adequately prepared to handle. And as a result, I'm confident in them. I really believe in this team. I think it's so cool that you're watching a team that is never really out of it. And as a result, they could really give Quebec fits. I think this is the year for the T-Birds. Unfortunately, this game is not on in the United States. Come on, guys. If you can find, um... <clears throat> illicit streaming activities, not that I endorse it. The Memorial Cup Final is on Sunday on TSN and RDA. It's also on the CHL streaming service, which does require a subscription. There's still goings-on throughout the NHL, of course, though most of it's front office stuff, and that's all kind of boring, but we might as well just speak on it now. The interesting front office pickup was, of course, Brad Treliving, who is now the new general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, of course. Most people believe right now that the president of the Toronto Maple Leafs is now the de facto general manager, and Brad Treliving is just the rubber stamp. Uh, Brendan Shanahan appears to have made his power move, and now it remains to be seen how their first draft with Treliving in charge will go, as well as what Treliving does with the big core four, which is currently the talk of Toronto right now, whether or not they should keep them or move on to greener pastures. Personally speaking, if I had Austin Matthews, William Nylander, Mitch Marner, and John Tavares, I'd be counting my blessings, especially given just how good they've been in comparison to how bad historically the Leafs have been over the past 20 years. But if they want to move on, if they feel like a William Nylander type, for example, needs a new home in the Pacific Northwest, I'd be all for it. Just, you know, keep them on the U.S. side of the border, please. The last thing we need is the Canucks accidentally becoming good. Speaking of changes regarding Toronto, their former general manager, Kyle Dubas, has found a landing spot in Pittsburgh as the general manager of the Penguins. During his initial press conference, Dubas definitely looked like he was confident. Uh, looked like he wanted to set himself up for success in the future as well as the now, which 
Every general manager promises, at least in some way, but for him, it's a little more important to get the most of that he can out of his aging stars, which is Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. I understand that Fenway Sports Group is extremely demanding, but, you know, I gotta feel like Kyle has to sit them down and say, I realistically can only go for it for two years and then I gotta blow this up and start again, because Crosby and Gino are just so old at this point. They're still world-class talents and will continue to be world-class talents, but the thing is, they're raw through the last three general managers has just fallen apart. They have no goaltending. They desperately need players in their depth to start looking like the Mark Donks that they used to get back in the day. And I don't know, man. I feel like you need to sit them down and say, hey, we only realistically have a very limited amount of time to keep doing this. And I just don't know if Fenway Sports Group is going to be patient with him. That said, I wish him all the best. And finally, we have kind of a uh, less than happy topic to discuss. It's the return of Mike Babcock to the NHL. Sportsnet reported that the ex-head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs would be returning to the NHL after quite an absence. It appears that the Columbus Blue Jackets will be announcing at the end of the month that he has taken the job. Babcock's time in Toronto was peaks and valleys. He was very successful, but he had a very traditionalist mindset, he was a hard-ass, and he was someone who had archaic ways of doing things. And that all that came out during the exit process for him. He kind of seemed like he had to psychologically manipulate his players into submission more than uh, psychologically preparing them for adversity. And that's just not what I feel like this Columbus Blue Jackets team, which I don't think is terribly good, but has plenty of potential to be fun, needs. To me, it sounds like the last gasp of a general manager trying to salvage a situation he put himself in. The Blue Jackets need something to actively establish themselves, and it needs to be done on the ice, and I just don't think putting these guys through Babcock's way of doing things is the best way to establish yourself. It just feels like a complete mismatch to the kind of talent that they draft and the kind of talent that they bring in, which is very fun, very hard-nosed, maybe not the best at defense, that sort of thing. And then just giving them guys like John Tortorella and guys like Mike Babcock. It's just, it really feels like the Columbus Blue Jackets are the apotheosis of uncle hockey, where no one can have any fun, and it's all about business, 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 and winning is business, and business is winning. And not for nothing, but recently Mike Babcock hasn't done either of those things. So maybe it's time for the Columbus Blue Jackets to try and move on to different pastures and different viewpoints in their hockey decision-making process. But you know what? Who knows? Mike Babcock could have really learned something here. That's a very big if but I'm willing to give him that shot. But I need to make it clear that it is one shot. You get one shot, Mike. After that, I think we need to move on from you. If you can't turn this around, we must move on from coaches like Mike Babcock. We don't need to live in a world where you need to psychologically torment your rookie stars. You don't need to do that. You need to get them ready to play big games. And that's not how you do that. There is also a discussion on Canadian media's obsession with these old-timey coaches that probably should be discussed but is beyond the scope of this 15-minute or less podcast. My only thoughts to the matter are, if you really feel like this guy needs to be back in the game, I feel like you need to do an awful lot of soul-searching as to why. 
Well, that was moderately depressing. I'm sorry that we had to do two of these in a row where it ended on such a, such a sour note. So hopefully next time we'll be talking about nothing but the Coachella Valley Firebirds as they take on the Hershey Bears in the Calder Cup Finals or the Memorial Cup victory of the Seattle Thunderbirds. Until then... We thank you all for listening to Beneath the Frozen Sea. My name is Sky, and you can access our written content at DavyJonesLockerRoom.com, and you can check back here for periodic updates on Seattle Kraken hockey, as well as Seattle-adjacent hockey. Thank you very much, and go Kraken!